This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our video feed, 94 WIP. Check it out on YouTube. And I uh, truly appreciate any way and however you listen to this podcast, making it a part of your day on what is and what officially will, I don't think, ever be challenged as the oddest and strangest playoff week I've ever seen around the Philadelphia Eagles. They get ready for the Bucks, but that's not the thought process in Philadelphia right now. I don't think it's a thought process around the NFL right now. It's really more about the future of the Eagles. And, and I'll say it this way. I believe on Monday night, Nick Sirianni's coaching for his job. I also believe that the future of the franchise is really, really up in the air because of this game on Monday and the ramifications. Let's play it out. Let's say Nick Sirianni wins the game. Eagles go on a run. You know, it kind of fortifies what they have been under Sirianni, what they were last year, what they were earlier this year, and sets the franchise up for good things into the future. If they get blown out, you know, they lose 30-7 to against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe there'll be a new coach in here. And it will it will really be a pivot point for the franchise, for the Jalen Hurts era, for Howie Roseman picking another coach along with Jeff Lurie. It's a pivot point moment for the franchise, for a Super Bowl window. And I've made the case a lot the last couple of weeks on, on the Midday Show and on this podcast, specifically this week, the Eagles cannot waste years within a Super Bowl window. And what happened yesterday in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel really makes me think even stronger about this. So, so here is what is the reality now. Mike Vrabel's available. I think Mike Vrabel's a really, really good coach. Bill Belichick is very, very likely to become available in the coming days. Jim Harbaugh is available, and I believe Jim Harbaugh is one of the best football coaches on the planet. Not, not, not just NFL, college, it doesn't matter. He was great with the 49ers. He revived Alex Smith. He got to a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick, and he's been great at Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is a winner and a winning football coach. And then, of course, there's Ben Johnson, who's this year's top offensive mind. And you watch what he's done with the Detroit Lions. And I like Jared Goff. I've always been a Jared Goff guy. But we're talking about a quarterback that was left for dead by the Rams a few years ago. And with that quarterback, the Detroit Lions have one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. They had four players with 10-plus touchdowns, two rookies with 10-plus touchdowns. Ben Johnson is an outstanding outstanding offensive mind. So when I add it all together, here is where I'm at this morning on the Eagles and their future. 
Sirianni should be coaching for his job on Monday. And I also think that that decision, whether or not to move on from Sirianni, let's play it out. Let's say the Eagles lose the game. If they win the game, they're not going to fire Sirianni. If they win the game, if they lose the game on Monday and Jiffler and the plane ride home from Tampa is trying to make this decision, do I dump a coach that just was in the Super Bowl a year ago? Part of the calculus has to now include, do I, do we pass up on one of the great coaching free agent classes we've ever seen? I, I, don't, I don't think this should be discounted. Life, sports, anything, it's about opportunity. It's about timing. You know, you go buy a house. It's not just how many houses you like. It's how, what can I afford now? How is the market now? And if I wait a year, will it be better or worse? And, and not all of us have all this information. We're guessing. We go to real estate agents, advisors, whatever. But you can, you know, you could forecast these things based on a number of, of variables. And, and people that, that do it for a living forecast these things based on a number of variables. And as football fans, as, a, as an owner, Jeff Lurie, as a, as a team president, Howie Roseman, all of us watching this from our couch, we could forecast this stuff as well. Because history tells us there aren't free agent coaching classes like this very often. Now, once in a while, you get a very big name out there, but there's not three or four names that every team's going to try to throw themselves after. And this year, I'm counting four. I believe there are four coaches, and there may be more. I mean, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator down in, in Baltimore with the Ravens, may be a very, very, very top candidate in this class. Maybe he's number five on this list. You know, you, you may have two or three other people you think are really good. Bobby Slowick with the uh, Houston Texans. There's probably three or four names that I haven't even thrown out yet that are going to end up being NFL head coaches, maybe in this cycle or the next cycle. So I'm not trying to discount those people. I'm just saying the top f- four guys are incredible. Siri? Yeah, there's Siri chiming in. Uh, Siri, I agree with that. Something went wrong with the Eagles, unfortunately, this year. No, but, you know, there's not a, a class very often that has the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick, that has a former coach of the year in Mike Vrabel that I believed overachieved based on what he was given in Tennessee. I know he had a Hall of Fame running back and he had A.J. Brown for a period, but really, legitimately, what did the Titans have? They had a B quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, they had, you know, maybe one or two star-level defensive players, Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byer back in his prime. That that really is what they had. They got number the number one seed in, in the conference one year, and they made it to an AFC championship game one year. On the road in consecutive weeks, Mike Vrabel took down the Patriots with Belichick and Brady, and he took down Lamar Jackson in his MVP year with John Harbaugh. The guy's a good coach. The guy's a really good coach, and I, I think he builds a culture. I think he builds, um, you know, a defense. I think he able to, is able to overachieve based on what he has almost year in year. Last two years, they went backwards. But you have the greatest coach of all time. You have Mike Vrabel. You have Jim Harbaugh, who is is just a ridiculous football coach. I mean, I'm, I'm going to pull up J- Jim Harbaugh's career numbers now just to put it in perspective on what this guy has done as a coach. Because I, I think, you know, the... The shift from college to the NFL, then back to college, and obviously the waiting game to win a national championship, I think it actually has taken away from what people think of him as a coach. Like we, I don't know if we realize how great of a coach he is, okay? He is overall in college 144 and 52, and in the pros, 49, 
22 and 1. I'm going to do a little quick math on this, see if I can pull this off, okay? Jim Harbaugh has won 193 games. He has lost 74 games, and he has tied one. 193 and 74. 193 and 74 is a ridiculous winning percentage. A ridiculous winning percentage. Okay? I'm going to pull that up, too. We're doing a little math on the show today. 193 and 74. Jim Harbaugh has won 72% of his games. 72% of his games coaching in college and the pros. He has been to a national championship one, and he's been to a Super Bowl and was one play away from winning that. So that guy's available. And then you throw Ben Johnson in there, who's really emerged the last couple of years as the next big-time play caller that looks to be a head coach. He turned down the Panthers last year. He may go to them this year. He went to college down there and all that kind of stuff. But these guys are all available right now. I think they're all going to be NFL coaches next year. Where, if I had to guess right now, Harbaugh probably is the Chargers, the Raiders, or the Commanders. Belichick, Commanders, or the Falcons. You know, Vrabel probably goes back to the Patriots as they replace Belichick with him. And Ben Johnson, you know, maybe he takes the, the Chargers job if Harbaugh does it. Maybe he takes the Panthers job if, if he can handle Tepper and they get him enough money. So that that's likely where we're heading right now. But the Eagles... If they do decide to make a move on Nick Sirianni, they'd move to the top of the heap in terms of spots, landing spots. And I don't want to hear, oh, Joe, if you fire Nick Sirianni, no coach would want to come here because they would look at it and they'd say, well, I made a Super Bowl one year and then I'm out the next year, blah, 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 blah. I, I think that is baloney. This reminds me of when we talk about trading players or cutting players in sports and we and then people come back and say, well, no one want to sign there ever again. Dollars. Dollars and opportunity is how pro sports work. Not feelings. Dollars and opportunity. Okay? Let's just play it out. Let's say the Eagles do this. They, they move on from Sirianni after one year move from a Super Bowl, you know, like, Bill Callahan got removed one year from a Super Bowl with the Raiders. Or, you know, John Fox got removed one year from losing a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Oh, my goodness gracious. Who would ever want to coach those teams again? Well, John Gruda took $100 million from the Raiders eventually. Oh, what happened? You know, in in Denver, Sean Payton took a boatload of money eventually from the Denver Broncos. So this idea that the franchise is ruined if they make a, a harsh or swift move on a coach is baloney. It's baloney. It's opportunity and money. Jeff Lurie would pay enough money to get a big-time head coach or a good head coach. That guy would come. And on top of it, look at the roster. Like, think about the openings right now. New England. Okay, you don't have much there, but you have the third overall pick. Washington, you have an interesting owner who I believe, and and I, I don't discount Washington anymore with Josh Harris there. You may want to, and you may think it's not a big deal. That Bob Myers hire is a big deal. He is a sharp, sharp guy. We saw what he did with the Golden State Warriors. And and let's just be real about Josh Harris with the Sixers. It hasn't gone fluid, but they have been good, and he has been willing to spend a lot of money on established executives, whether it be Colangelo, and, and that went sideways, but he paid for him, and obviously Daryl Morey now, and coaches with Doc Rivers and Nick Nurse. So the Washington Commanders are going to spend on their roster, they're going to spend on their GM, they're going to spend on their head coach, and they're probably going to be good soon. That That's the track record of Josh Harris in, in our prism. Okay, He's going to get them good. Now, will they be championship worthy? We'll see. But he'll get them good. So if you're if right now the commanders have the number two pick and a lot of cap room to sell, that's a pretty good sell job. The, the Panthers don't have much to sell unless you think you revive Bryce Young. The Chargers have Justin Herbert to sell 
and the Los Angeles market. The Raiders have very little to sell. That is a just a, a more bound kind of franchise. And the Titans have very little to sell in terms of a, a future. The, the quarterback is, is very up in the air in terms of Levis, and you don't have a super, super high pick to get one this year. So you think about who's available, you know, the, the coaching spots available. Imagine the Eagles entering this mix. Imagine the Eagles opening up their job. If you're Bill Belichick, if you're Jim Harbaugh, if you're Ben Johnson, if you're Mike Vrabel, you'd be very interested in this job. I would. Okay, I have AJ Brown, I have Jalen Hurts, I have a I have at least, you know, three young offensive linemen that are gonna be here a long time. I have Howie Roseman, who you may say, well, he's tough to get along with, or he's fought with other coaches. Okay, he builds good rosters and he's excellent with roster management and cap room. Okay, so I have all that. Uh, you know, that's a pretty good spot to be in. That is a pretty darn good spot to be in. I have a team that is competitive year after year, a, a a franchise that every coach they bring in here, they give a chance to win in terms of the roster they give them. If I'm picking a spot, I'm taking a team that was just at the Super Bowl last year, like, hey, I just got to put the finishing touches on this thing, tweak this, tweak that, fix the defense. We're back in the Super Bowl next year. That That's what I'm doing. If I'm a head coach candidate and the Eagles open up, I look at it, I'm sure like Kubiak did with the with the Broncos when John Fox was can like wait a second if I just tweak a couple things here I could win this thing we're close and I and I, you know we may not feel like the Eagles are close today but I, I I think a candidate would so I don't think it'd be a big detriment to the Eagles if they fired you know Sirianni that teams wouldn't want their money or their position there's only 32 head coaching jobs that's it so the idea that oh no no what's going to happen what's going to happen the, the Eagles will be scorned no one want to come here baloney you have a quarterback, you have a roster, you have an offensive line, you have defensive line, you have a good GM. I can't, coaches would want to come here. Last thing I'll, I'll put the finish touches on, opportunity knocking. You know, you go back to 2019 into 2020, and you, you kind of in retrospect think through it. How many teams that had a middling quarterback in 2019 that could have dumped their quarterback for Tom Brady when he became a free agent heading into 2020 and didn't do it. How many of those teams you think probably regret it to this day? Now, would they have all won the Super Bowl the way the Bucs did? Probably not. I'm just going to go back to 2019. And I'm going to pull up the stats for 2019. And I'm going to tell you teams that probably in retrospect regret not moving off their quarterback. All right, Tampa Bay, who had the league's leading passer in terms of yardage, by the way, but also 30 picks. They moved off of Jameis Winston and they won the Super Bowl. I don't think the Cowboys regret it, although you can make the case they would have won with Brady, didn't win with Dak. But Dak's obviously a really good quarterback. Do the Rams regret it? You know, the Rams, a year later, made the move off of Goff to Stafford. They probably could have won earlier with Tom Brady. Okay, let's go to... Uh, Oakland didn't do it then as they moved to Las Vegas. They're still regretting it. The Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz obviously would have done that in retrospect and had a better chance to win in 2020 if they had Tom Brady. The Chiefs, no, they don't regret it. The Packers don't regret it. The 49ers, they're in a good spot now, but it took them a couple years to find Purdy. Yeah, I'm sure they regretted it in that moment. Okay, the Cleveland Browns then off a of Baker Mayfield season. The next year they went to the playoffs, they would have been better with Tom Brady. Okay, you go down the list. The Miami Dolphins had Ryan Fitzpatrick. They had to wait a few years for Tua to become what he became. They regretted it for a time. You go down this list. Andy Dalton was the quarterback at Chicago. They still don't have a quarterback. You know, uh, the New York Giants had Daniel Jones. Okay, you go down this list. The Jets had Sam Donald. The Jets still don't have a quarterback. 
So how about Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill? You know, you go through this and you could find about 10 teams that regret not doing it because opportunity knocked. Go back to 1993 with Joe Montana. There was that Barry Sanders documentary on Amazon talking about how, you know, they they kind of regretted not going after Montana in 93 when they had Barry Sanders. When opportunity knocks, you got to be willing to open that door. There's a lot the Eagles have to consider on Nick Sirianni's future, but I, I do believe a real consideration now is how could you not, if you're wavering on Sirianni, how could you not put yourself in the mix for perhaps the greatest coaching class, free agents of all time? Appreciate you listening, subscribing, follow WIP Daily. We'll do a lot more as we get ready for the game on Monday night.